From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, if you love classic cars, and who doesn't? This is the show for you today. Freddie Jones and Thomas Geerty, the president and vice president of the Mississippi Corvette Club, will join us to talk about their love for Corvettes and the big show that's coming up. We'll also hear a little about the Diabetes Foundation of Mississippi as well. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. If you could buy a classic car, any kind of classic car, what would it be? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right. Happy Monday. This is from MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, on a, um, a little drier day than it's been in a while. Hope you're having a great Monday. And we have a good show. No, we have a great show for you. We're not going to give you a good show. We're going to give you a great show. And I tell you what, if you're like me, I love classic cars. I did. I see, I grew up in a car family. My cousins, um, actually, my grandmother's brother started a Chevrolet dealership many, many years ago. So we've always had the car blood in our family. And my dad had two Corvettes, uh, me growing up, and he showed one of them. That was a lot of fun. So I thought it'd be fun to bring in a couple folks from the Mississippi Corvette Club. We got Freddie Jones and Thomas Garrity. They are the president and vice president. So we got the we got the important people here. So that's really cool. <laughs> so we will visit with them in a little bit. And, you know, one of the things, they got a big show coming up, and it's coming up in July, and we're going to talk about that too. But they are very, very giving. All the proceeds that they get from that show, they give it to charity. And the charity of choice is the Diabetes Foundation of Mississippi. And as many of you know, diabetes is a big problem in Mississippi. And they have really done a lot to help that organization and to be able to help find not only a cure, but to help the people that have it at the moment, too. Because it's, sometimes it's more than just research. It's helping the folks. So, Sharita, it's good to see you today. You as well, Marshall. Did you have a busy weekend? Man, I tell you what, I've been on the road. Speaking of driving, uh, I've been on the road now for the last uh, week and a half. Been to Cleveland, Mm -hmm. Vicksburg, Tallulah, Oxford, Destin, Biloxi, Oxford. I know. It's been on a tour, huh? Yeah. I mean, I got productive. Very productive. Most of it was work, but there has been a little bit. Uh, My son has been in a leadership camp. So uh, for Father's Day, we went up to go visit him which was kind of cool. So I actually had all my boys together. So that was a very Aww. nice Father's Day gift for me. Well, happy belated Father's Day to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you great. know, I figured that Father's Day is once a year and Dad's Day is every other day of the year. <laughs> That's kind of the way I look at it. So, Well, um, actually, I was surprised to see that in the CVS, Walgreens, wherever I was, there were there was actually a shortage on cards because sometimes it seems like yeah, Father's the men Day. Are, yeah, the men are the, usually the ones that wait till the last minute. Yeah, there wasn't, you know, usually doesn't seem like it's such a big deal made on Father's Day, but I was glad to see lots of cards were missing and there seemed to be a little of a frenzy for fathers as well because sometimes it seems like you guys are underappreciated during holidays well the yarn television shows because mm. really i mean you know dads look like big doofuses like, ever since <laughs> i mean back in the day i guess leave it to beaver you know ward was pretty cool but since then it's kind of gone downhill that said um 
it was a good day. I just enjoyed it. And um, it was a tough day for me, too, because this was the first Father's Day that I've been without my dad. Right, and, right. And the last time I saw him conscious was Father's Day last year. And uh, I don't know if people know. I mean, my dad uh, was a great guy. His name was Dave Ramsey. You've probably heard of Dave Ramsey on the radio. My dad was the guy that Dave is actually named after um, mm-hmm. because, well, my, his dad and my dad are brothers. That's how that works. But dad had dementia. You know, water skied at 78, and by the time he was 81, he was starting to slip really bad. Mm. And so we went to go see him, and one of the things he needed, now it's hard to get a guy that in that situation, a lot big gift that he'll know and appreciate, but he needed new shoes. Mm-hmm. So we got him a pair of new white sneakers. And we got there, and he looked at me, and he just lit up. Um, but, but then he got a really sad look on his face. I'm like, Dad, what's wrong? And I said, he looked at me and he said, does this mean I have to pay your tuition? Because mm-hmm. of the tuition, you know, I mean, because of the dementia, he thought I was in college. Right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I just kind of looked at him and I kind of smiled for a second. And I said, it's okay, Dad. I came to here to tell you I got a scholarship and you'll never have to pay my tuition again. Wow. And he got the biggest smile on his face and he was so happy and he gave me a hug. And so we put the shoes on his feet. And he loved them. He was happy because they were comfortable. His old ones were hurting his feet. And so two weeks later, he fell, and he had been having kidney failure. So that's what ended up taking him. And I never got to see him conscious again at mm. that point. But I was with him when he passed. But I, when we were cleaning out his room, I took the white shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but they were two weeks old. I mean, I just didn't. And so I took them home, and they're sitting in my closet now. And I was walking in the other day, and I saw them. I'll never wear those shoes. I mean, I wouldn't. I didn't you bring them. You guys wear the same size? Same size, but wow. I'll never wear the shoes. And I'll probably never be able to fill those shoes either, mm. to be honest with you. And that's what I was thinking about this weekend. Well, that's uh, a very special story. I yeah. mean, I think it's 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 good, and it's a, a wonderful way to remember and, and celebrate him. So Yeah, and we got some really nice pictures from that, that event. And one is my 10-year-old who... You know, my older kids, they'd walk in there, and I'll be honest with you, memory care homes are tough. They're, they're very tough because mm-hmm. it's a tough disease. And my 10-year-old had never phased him. He just was glad to see his Papa Dave. Mm-hmm. And so he'd go in there, and he's like, oh, man, Papa Dave is so great. And so I've got these great pictures of him holding court, you know, entertaining my dad. Yeah. And that's the memory I've got. So in a way, you know, it was a bittersweet day yesterday, but, man, I was lucky. I had a really good dad. Yeah. So it worked out okay. Well, I'm glad you're okay, and uh, I'm glad you're able to face that. You know, some people may try to stay busy and and not face uh, the grieving part of it head on. So yeah, I had to do that for Mother's Day because it was too fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, because mom had passed right before Mother's Day. Yeah, and, and there's no right or wrong way to grieve anyway. You know, so however you can cope is however you can cope. I can tell you this from personal experience. It's like somebody hit me with a baseball bat. Mm. I'm just like. Pfft. You know, but uh, it's all good now. It's all working out pretty well. A lot of stuff going on over the weekend. You were busy. Yeah, I have a, my own Father's Day thing to share. You know, yes. my father and I have not been close in decades. I mean, I'm, I'm only 30, but we've not been close. And yesterday was the first time I spent Father's Day with my dad. And it was the first time I got him a Father's Day card. How did it go? It was great. It, it, you know, I had to forgive him. And so once I forgave that's when I finally uh, started to just open my heart and soften my heart a little bit. Yeah. So he reached out. He said, hey, I want to see you on Father's Day. And I went to his home and it was just me and him watching TV. And I'm noticing all the the ways that we are similar. And he's a jokester. I'm a jokester. We have the same posture. Uh, I mean, it's crazy the similarities we have. And I've just never known because we've, we've never been close. So this was the first time I was able to get him a Father's Day card. I didn't have any money in it, you know. Yeah. And we got to hang out with some other family members. So yesterday was really 
really special for me, too. I think you talk about 30 years this is the first time ever. I, I think that's incredibly powerful because so many people, you know, something will happen to their dad or whatever, and they never get the chance to make up. Mm-hmm. and so forth. So you've been able to really, I mean, swallowing the pride is tough. It is because I was justified in my anger, but it wasn't helping me. Right. You know, so the forgiveness was for him, but it was mainly for it me. It was for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So once I, you know, got to that point where I understood, okay, I need to forgive him for both of us. And it has just helped tremendously. So I'm just treating it as wherever we are is where we are, you know, not having any regrets or trying to think about the past. And it was a great experience. So hopefully to more, to more Father's Days with my father. Well, and you're kind of in a unique position now where you don't need him to support you. Nope, I don't. Yeah, so you can just go and try to figure out who he is as a human being. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing. I mean, that was a tough thing with my parents and what was going on with them and and their illness and everything. There comes a point where, you know, when you're kids, your parents are gods. It's like, oh, yeah, they're awesome. They're wonderful incredible. They're people when you grow up. And so it's like learning how to Mm -hmm. deal with my parents as people was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, hey, um course gosh driving back from oxford ended up in just a terrible storm up to was that friday Bates. night no it was coming in yesterday in batesville it oh, just was yeah okay. the trees were rocking i was like well friday night was here in jackson was it was like, bad i had no idea i was i was hosting the red cross gala with oh. jeff good <laughs> that worked out well so basically <laughs> uh, you ended up needing you know support for yourself right jeff definitely made those jokes so i was with jeff good we were hosting and it was nice when we went into the the, the it was a jackson country club and it's i mean uh, 30 minutes into it you could see the the wind you could hear the wind and it, it was very concerning but i felt great because i was in a room full of red cross people so it was fine right uh but you, you know got home lights lights were off and everything and many people i think their lights didn't come on back on until yesterday they were like two, Friday. two or three days it was almost like a little katrina and yeah in fact yeah. I don't think I've seen my trees do that since Katrina. Uh, yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah, it was. You know, when you're sitting in the house and you can feel the wind blowing, but all the doors and windows are closed, mm-hmm. that and that's when you know it's stout. Right. And we could hear stuff hitting the roof. And we just got a new roof. So I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, I don't I really don't want to put another roof on because the insurance company will take away my birthday. That'd be bad. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm glad everything, I'm glad you survived and everything good on that. See, you're, you're busy like that, though. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, I, well, I didn't have, other than Friday, I didn't have any other gigs. So I went to Cathead Distillery for the last boil. So they had crawfish there and that was great i tried a new beer i'm not a beer drinker mm-hmm. but my i was with a bunch of guys and they encouraged me to drink this abita blueberry beer which was really good see so, it's got antioxidants <laughs> it's got to be good for you oh, right does it okay yeah well, i have a beer belly next week uh so yeah, I, okay. I did that you're gonna have a beer belly so you're gonna <laughs> be up to what 98 pounds uh no 102 probably okay 103 so that was fun at cathead and cathead is just a, a really nice open area you know folks are playing jumbo jenga which is always fun to see and then we went to the juneteenth festival on ferris street which was amazing to see ferris street back alive yes yeah. it was there were vendors there was a band all kinds of uh food vendors were out there so that was a, a great thing uh, i think brad kamikaze franklin had a lot to do with uh, putting that together and it was just amazing showing and it felt good to see fair street live again it really did kamikaze so shy <laughs> yeah no he's not <laughs> yeah no better than that one on that um for the folks on the coast and i guess pretty much everybody around the state uh you might want to be a little weather aware this week I'm, nothing to panic about of course but there is a system down near the yucatan that of course if you're looking at you know they have the spaghetti models where they have like seven thousand computer projections of where it's going to go mm-hmm. it looks like it may be and i don't know how strong it's going to be i don't think it's going to get that strong 
but what it's going to do is dump a lot of rain on us. I oh. think by the end of the week, it's going to get very wet. Yeah. So kind of keep your eye on And there are actually two storms. There's one down in the south part of the Caribbean right now, which is very unusual because June, you only get one storm usually every June. And we got potentially two that's mm-hmm. cranking up right now. And the names are Brett and Cindy. Oh, they sound like Barbies. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I can be scared of a hurricane. Right. Yeah. You need a little more serious names. But then again, Katrina and the Waves was also a really bad, you know, bad band from mm-hmm. the 80s. And now it's like if I hear that, I go diving for cover. So right. that was one of the things that amazed me about being down in Biloxi because we were down on the coast and we were staying in a hotel that I know had water up to the second floor. Ooh. And so when you're sitting there in the lobby and you're thinking, man, the water is like 16 feet above my head. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And it just is. driving around, I know there's a lot of areas in the flood zone that obviously there's still empty lots. Mm-hmm. But overall, the coast is, I mean, the comeback on the coast is just phenomenal. Yeah. There's a lot of revitalization down there. So a lot of good folks. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Mo- you didn't go see a movie this weekend? No, but I've heard good things about Cars 3. Yeah. Uh, actually, a friend of mine who is a grown man now, he took his son to see this movie. And all of a sudden, he starts uh, messaging me and he says he's about to cry because there are some heartfelt moments in the movie. And I mean, no, he's a pretty do- tough yeah. guy. So yeah. I'm thinking, what? You're crying at a cartoon movie. And I mean, it has passed Wonder Woman and it's doing very well. But I haven't seen Cars 1 or 2, so I don't know if I would need to see those first. Yeah, skip Cars 2. Okay. Cars 1's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Uh, Cars 2 is all right. I mean, Pixar, which, okay, as a creative guy, as a guy who draws for a living, yeah, I love Pixar. Oh, okay. I mean, seriously, that group has come in and just, t- they totally reinvented animation. And But how they do the process, the creative process in the company itself, mm-hmm. you know, you can only dream if you're a creative kind of person to go work for a company like that because right. the way they, they approach it. It's really fantastic. Um, and All what, Eyes on Me is horrible, I've heard. All Eyes, yeah. That's the uh, Tupac biopic. And, I mean, I've everybody is slamming it from Jada Pinkett Smith to 50 Cent's. I mean, I have not seen one positive review about it. And it still movie. made $27 million. And I, I'm probably still going to see it because uh-huh. I'm just intrigued. Of you know? And you I, I want to develop my own opinion. And, you know, you can, of course, you can adopt people's views on Facebooks, but I don't want to do that without seeing it. So I'm going to go see it, but I have not heard good things about it. See, that's the thing. You can write it off now as a tax expense because <laughs> right. you have to develop an opinion on that. The mummy's still floundering around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Wait, you saw it, right? No. Oh, okay. Someone else told me they didn't like the mummy. Either. No, uh, I just... Um, I get, I'm going to see so few movies now. I don't know if I'm going to waste it on I hate that because Tom Cruise, even though I don't think I'd really want to hang around Tom Cruise personally because he seems to be a little bit wacky, <laughs> um, he's a great actor. Yeah. He really is good. And I honestly a, want to see Wonder Woman again. I'm going to take my mom to see it because she's a Wonder Woman. She so is. she needs to see the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, when I made the comment about Wonder Woman on the air, I think, was it last week or whatever? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Amy was listening. Oh, see. Because so, yeah. <laughs> apparently my 10-year-old said, hey, Dad's radio show on. Let's listen to it. So, <laughs> so he's gotta, being supportive. you got to be careful what you say on the air. Yeah. Definitely on that. Mistrial in the Bill Cosby case. Were you surprised? I was actually on that oh. because, well, there were a lot of people that there was a lot of evidence and a lot of people would come out against them. But, mm-hmm. you know. I think he had good lawyers, and I think he had star power going in his favor. But mistrial doesn't mean not guilty. No, so, no, no, to no, my no. understanding, they are going to try. Well, they're going to try it again. again. No, they're going to try it again. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and there was some interesting comments on Twitter from uh, different celebrities. Holly Sorensen says, "Unfortunately, convictions aren't like Oscars. You can't give one to Cosby for his body of work." Oh, uh, ouch! 
Yeah, and there were just a lot more. If Cosby's defense is true, he is admitting to cheating hundreds of times on his wife with the use of quaaludes. That's what he admits. That's from Judd Apatow. I don't know how to pronounce that. So, yeah, yeah uh, lots of folks weighing in on that on Twitter. I know, you know, and of course, I mean, I grew up with Fat Albert. I grew up with, you know, Jell-O Pudding Pops. I mm-hmm. grew up with Bill Cosby. I mean, I, you know, you love Bill Cosby. You love the Cosby show. You know, you like... Here's a guy who was a good dad on the TV and everything else. And so when you see something that's so totally polar opposite of what you think about somebody. Yeah, it's, it's hard to process. It really is tough to deal with. And it you're is. just like, oh, no, not all my heroes. But I really do feel sorry for Camille Cosby. I really do. I oh, mean, I she's standing in his corner, but this has to be painful for her, especially right. if she's been in the courtroom at all to hear some of these testimonies. And while they were married, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. She seems like the forgotten person in all this, but. I just couldn't imagine what she's going through emotionally. Yeah, I can't imagine. That'd be really tough. The tough accident over the weekend, the Navy warship, the USS Fitzgerald got yeah, hit. Yeah, I heard about that. Seven sailors lost their lives. Mm-hmm. They were asleep. I mean, this was oh. like in the middle of the night, and it hit. And this ship was like four to five times bigger than mm-hmm. the warship itself. It was a destroyer. It's one of the top. I mean, this is a ship that can knock stuff out of space. Wow. That's how technically advanced it is. And somehow they didn't see that there was this giant ship that's about to whack them. And the commander, the, the captain of the ship, it hit his quarters, too. Mm-hmm. About killed him. He's in the hospital right now. So they're doing an investigation on that. But did you see the the the, the men who died? And it looked like America. It was just, you know, just from all over the country and everything else. You realize that our men and women that serve are a cross-section of who we are. Right. And when you see something like that, you just feel for the family. But... You're kind of like, well, how did this happen? Right. You know, and it, it took a heck of a lick on that ship. Absolutely. Yeah, so. one one more piece of uh, unimportant news. Beyonce and Jay-Z have welcomed twins. So. We're, we're going to end up with whiplash <laughs> going back and forth like that. Yeah, I remember No sp- word on the gender or their names. So the baby's name now is Blue Ivy. So I'm thinking Poison Ivy. Uh, Ivy League. I don't know what the what the names are going to be. Yeah. But the whole world is waiting. I mean, they just create so much suspense. I heard, now I don't know if this is true, I heard she cleared out a whole hospital floor so she could deliver the babies. Wow. <laughs> Make sure there's no paparazzi in there or what? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? I know. It's like, as long as she didn't go like Southwest or Apple or <laughs> whatever, you know, some of the names that celebrities come up with their kids, they're kind of like, do they really like the kid by doing this? I mean, right. That's terrible. Isn't it? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you ever see that Saturday Night Live that had Keenan Thompson and Tracy Morgan as her unborn children? Oh, I have not. Yeah, you're going to have to Google that one. It's quite <laughs> okay. fun. We won't go on because you haven't seen it, but anyway. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some great guests in the studio. We're going to talk about a great cause that, of course, their show is going to help fund. But I don't know about you. If you've ever wanted to have a classic car, what kind of classic car would you have? I would love an old classic Corvette. I uh, really would. Right now, I've got teenagers. My car insurance would go off the roof if I had, you know, one right now. But down the road, I plan on having one. And we're going to have Freddie Jones and Thomas Garrity, the president and vice president of the Mississippi Corvette Club, joining us, talking a little bit about their love of Corvettes and, of course, the show coming up and the great cause that they're helping fund. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Survive, 
Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. We got a question for you. If you could buy a classic car, what kind would you have? That's a good question. Uh, me, I'd like to have a 71 Corvette convertible because my dad had one. I think that would be cool to have another one. So nice. uh, that would be cool. I had uh, an old BMW in high school. Um, you did? But it was like in the 90s, so I don't know if that's considered classic. Maybe that's a question for the guys. What is considered classic? <sighs> okay. <laughs> it was old. My mom well, gave I it to tell me. You this. My, son, my son went to the Clinton Library over the weekend. He was up in Arkansas for his field trip, and he bought us a classic Clinton campaign button. And my wife looked at each other going, we were voting back then. That's not classic. That's <laughs> right. a 93 model. There's nothing classic. So when, when you start seeing cars from when you went to high school have antique tags, mm-hmm. you know, that that's painful. But so you had the BMW. Would you like another one? Is that what you want? I guess. I mean, we, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not into the classic thing, so I'm interested to hear from the guys today about oh, classic I am too. cars. I'm definitely. Yeah. Of course, they're <laughs> in the studio right now. Freddie Jones and Thomas Garrity, the president and vice president of the Mississippi Corvette Club. It all began in 1953. I guess uh, Zora Arcus Duntoff, engineer at Chevrolet. Um, what, what, I'm trying to remember what kind of car it was that they built the platform off of. Was it? It, it started out as a, uh, uh, I think it was going to be a Pontiac or a Buick or something like yeah. that. And uh, it morphed into the, the Chevrolet. Yeah. The Chevrolet wanted it. They, they built 300 of them. 300. Yeah. Fiberglass body and a six-cylinder. Uh, hand-laid fiberglass body, yeah. like, like you build a boat. They, wow. They laid it in a in a mold, and nothing fit together right. <laughs> it, well, it was a very crude car. It, we we hope to have one in the show that's a 54 model. Right. Uh, a friend of mine says he's bringing it now, you know, whether it comes yeah. or not. Uh, and he says, you know, Tom, uh, uh, that car is, is it's not pretty. Right. Nothing fit. The doors don't fit. The gas flap doesn't fit right. And I said, no, that's that's what we want to see. Yeah. Uh, is is the way it was done back then. Make it real. And now they built 300. And how much ballpark would one of those cost back in, in 1953? I'd, I'd be just guessing. What what I do know is that uh, it started out, it was, it was going to be a movie star's car. Uh-huh. They, they actually invited people to buy them. Right. Uh, movie stars, important people. And. It didn't go over very well. Right, folks didn't want them. They, the servicemen came back from the war and they uh, driven MGs and cars like that, and that's what they wanted. And so, uh, uh, actually, uh, Harley Earl was involved in designing it, and Duntoff came along a little bit later. Okay, and saw the the uh, sports car aspect of it. The, the original car was. Uh, it had 150 horsepower, a six-cylinder blue flame engine. Yeah. And uh, just basic car. Right. And uh, Duntov was the one that, that had the vision that if you worked on it a little bit, you could race these things. And you drive, he dri- they eventually dropped a V8 in there, and the rest is history. That's right. The, the V8 came along in 1955, and, and it took off then. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it yeah. literally took off, got pretty fast at that point. It was really because I remember in the 60s and in the 70s when the astronauts, would, they, they drove Corvettes. Like, you know, they, by that point, it had become truly an icon. Yeah, the, the astronauts had to have them. Uh, the military pilots, uh, they all had to have one. So when you were kids, when you were both kids, did you sit around and see Corvettes going, someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to have a Corvette? Uh, absolutely, since about the age 12. Really? Yeah, and you had the model, you made the, the model and all that good stuff. So, I mean, what was it, I mean, when was the first time you said, you know what, I'm going to go out and buy one? 1967, a friend of mine got a new one. 
Wow. And uh, I got to drive it. I had a pretty nice car at the time, but it wasn't a Corvette. And the, the difference was just, it was incredible. And I said, I'm going to have one of those. What what engine did I have in it? Oh, the, it was a 427. 427 He had a V8. lot of money. His dad did. Wow. So, I mean, you think about it. We don't do cubic inches anymore on engines, but um, I know a 400 was a 6.6. So that was a pretty big engine. Seven liter. Seven liter. Okay, seven liter. So that wasn't like a 1.8 that you'd find right. in a lot of cars That's today. Right. That's right. On that, and that was the, the Stingray. I mean, I was trying to think how many generations there's been now of, of Corvettes, but that was like the... Um, when they came out with the Stingray, what had the flip-up lights, and that was the last year of the one that had the fastback on it. That's, that's right. Yeah. 67 was the last year of what we call the C2 generation. Yeah. Came out in 1963. And, the, and it had a split window in it in 63, right. and they got rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a fight between, between Harley Earl and Duntoff. And Duntoff said, well, if you look in the rearview mirror, all you see is that piece in the middle of the, of the back window, and it's got to go. It's just not safe, and it looks so pretty. An interesting story was that, that many of the people that, that owned those 63s, when they came out in 64 uh-huh. with just the, the one-piece rear window, they had that stripe cut out so that it would look like the others. And now it's not. <clears throat> the ones with the thing in the middle are worth a lot more money. Oh, yeah, and, and we have one in the club that's beautifully restored. It'll be there. It's so, uh, silver with red interior, oh, just, wow. a, just a beautiful car. You know, I'll sit up at night and watch the auto auctions, and they'll they'll bring in, you know, the 60s Corvettes and the, some of the 70 Corvettes and all that, and the prices now on some of them are, are really incredible. So that initial investment pays off pretty well. Oh, it, it does. If you could have bought one back then and kept it for yeah, 60 exactly. years. <laughs> yeah, that 67 with the L88 engine that they only made 20 of. Yeah. And all 20 are still in existence. One of them just went through uh, Barrett Jackson, sold for $3.85 million, and the car cost around $4,200 new. That's a little bit better than your normal passbook saving account. <laughs> that works out pretty well. And, you, of course, you don't, you know, you're not driving it to work every day either. Definitely. The Corvette Museum, up in, they make them in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, one plant, so it's really kind of a special, almost a pilgrimage getting to go up there. They had a uh, cave-in with the caves in, and all these, like, really uh, rare and famous Corvettes went down into a hole. And they were able to save most of them. But did y'all openly weep when you saw that? Uh, it, it, it was a shock, but it was the best thing that ever happened to the museum. The the attendance, people coming in to look at the hole, it, yeah. it just like the attendance doubled or tripled. Everybody wanted to come see the big hole. <laughs> and the membership in the museum is... Yeah, tenfold what it was. So everybody, if you really want to make things better, you just have a disaster. Right, that'll tend to help it. So, but you're not planning to do that for your show. Oh no, we're, no. we're planning not to have any holes. Okay, in that the convention complex. The convention complex. I mean, your club has 160 members. How can like somebody sitting here thinking right now? Well, I've got a Corvette. How can I be part of this? Go on to our website and uh, fill out an application. Send it in. So, and y'all look and say, well, they have a Corvette. They can be part of it. That's probably the most important aspect of it. That's it. Yeah. We, we have in our, in our bylaws, it, it says that we're quite a restrictive group. Right. We're open to people who like Corvettes. If you don't like Corvettes, you're not welcome in the club, but everybody else is. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine if somebody came in and said, you know, Corvettes are terrible cars, you would just be like, get out right now. 
what are some of the things that y'all do? Because my dad, I mean, my dad was part of a Corvette club growing up, and it was always fun. They used, My mom and him would go on trips, and there'd be a bunch of Corvettes, you know, going on parades, and they'd go up in the Smokies and drive around and so forth. And do y'all do that sort of thing, too? Yes. Uh, we meet the first Thursday of every month for a monthly club meeting. Yeah. And then, weather permitting, we try to do at least a cruise uh, every month. Right. While also attending other people's Corvette shows and like Alabama, uh, Louisiana, to name a couple. So this is Arkansas. This, this is nationwide, all over the country. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, y'all started this show. Gosh, it's been going for quite a few years, but it was originally outside. Then you're at the mercy of weather. Because one thing I've discovered: people with um, really nice, clean cars, they don't like it to rain on their cars. Corvettes don't like rain. You no. don't get them out when it rains. Yeah, so they're they're not a yeah, not everyday driver sort of thing. They're intended to be daily drivers. The modern years have built them tough. Yeah, but to say now, I mean, you get a brand new Corvette um, and it gets even decent gas mileage. It's pretty amazing. Uh, now some some of the older ones didn't per se, but yeah, I mean, they've got all the buttons and whistles and everything else on that. Uh, what now? What years Corvettes do y'all have? I've got a 2010 ZR1 and a 2016 Z06. Okay, ZR1 and Z06. Tell us what those mean, because those are special designations. Yeah, the ZR1 came out in 2009 and lasted, you know, three or four years. And uh, it was the fastest car that General Motors had ever produced. Right. It was 638 horsepower. It had a hand-built engine, didn't it? it was yes. A special, yeah, a special engine. LS9. Yeah. Then they came out uh, in 2016. Well, actually, it was before that with the new Z06 with 650 horsepower. But even with the additional horsepower, it won't beat the ZR1 in a road race. It won't? The ZR1 is good up to about 230, 240 miles an hour. Have you ever got it to that fast? No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, don't worry. I mean, we only have state troopers listening right now. So, I mean, has anybody that you know ever gotten it up close to that fast? No. Okay. But you know it can do it. The speedometer says so. And so do the engineers. Yeah. They will just admit to north of 220. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, I one time went over 100 miles an hour, and that was pretty scary. I can only imagine, you know. So it's really not in the Corvette. Well, no, I mean, it's th that's the difference because, you know, one of the things about the Corvette is that you got an engine that's really fast, but the rest of the car is built around it. You got a suspension, you got tires, you got brakes, everything's designed. It's, it's a race car on the road, more or less. You really have to watch your heads up because you may think you're doing 65 or 70 and you might very well be doing 95. Yeah. And um, state troopers don't like that. No. No, and the fact you get a Corvette, too, they tend to notice that also. So I'm really curious about the, the upkeep of these classic Corvettes, uh, you know, because some cars, if they're foreign, you can't just take them to your local car shop and, and get them uh, serviced. So what is the upkeep like on these things? On, on the classic ones, they, uh, there are local shops that work on them. Oh, and really? surprisingly, uh, if you have a 1963 Corvette, you can buy a reproduction for just about every part there is. Oh, really? From, you know, the wow. interior, new seats, uh, mm -hmm. a little piece of chrome. Yeah, because when you restore one of these, normally, I mean, that, that's, that 
in itself is an art form is is the restoration you can't if you anything's because there's two kinds of shows i think i think there's the kind you have it out in the parking lot and everybody looks at it and, oh your car's really pretty and then there's the kind where if anybody puts a fingerprint on the car you go after them and so when you're finding those parts it has to be dead on exact doesn't it it, it does there's a, a number of organizations one of which is the ncrs the national corvette restorer society and they're quite serious about it if you bring your car to them and want it judged by them on a scale of, of one to a hundred. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll take it half apart looking for really, uh, uh, proper parts, serial numbers, uh, manufacturing stamps, everything. And, and, you know, with cars that age, almost nobody gets a hundred, but, uh, a car in the nineties. And we have several that come to the show are, are quite incredible to look at. Because all the parts, including the hose clamps, uh, valve stems, you know, valve caps, oh, yeah. everything has to be original. And there are certain bolts that's supposed to have certain color tops on them. Oh yeah, and it best be there. Oh, I mean, even the engine color, you got to have it. Has to be a certain shade of orange. Everything has to be perfect on that. So we're going to continue this discussion. We're talking with Freddie Jones and Thomas Garrity, the president, and vice president of the Mississippi Corvette Club. They have a show coming up that you can come visit, and all the proceeds will go to help the Diabetes Foundation of Mississippi. And we're talking classic cars today, Corvettes in particular. Do you own a classic car? What kind? If you could buy a classic car, what would you buy? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I tell you what, we're talking classic cars today, Corvettes in particular. 
Uh, do you own a classic car? What kind? If you'd like to buy a classic car, what would you buy? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And also, too, if you got questions about Corvettes, because we, we have a couple experts here. In fact, we were talking about some stuff we'll get to in just a minute. But right now, Andre's on the line. We've got a question about Corvettes and Opals. Hello, Andre. Welcome to the show. A good day. How are you doing? Doing great. What's your question? Well, I, I just wanted to uh, chat with the guys. Uh, I'm a part of the Mississippi Classic Cruisers, and I know that we've done several events with uh, the Corvette Club, so I appreciate the linking that the clubs around the Jackson area do. But uh, there is kind of a, a little special connection between the Opel GT and uh, the Corvettes, and I was wondering uh, if the guys would uh, like to expand on that a little bit. Well, I, I think what you're thinking about is they were going to call the Corvette an Opel. And I'm not sure that, that Opel, the, the German branch of General Motors, existed at the time or not. But I, I think what you're thinking about is that was the first thought about what they were going to call this car. Weren't they at one point going to, I mean, because didn't Opel have a little little Corvette-looking car, but it was smaller? Yeah, the, that was in the, the later That's 70s. Yeah, the GT. The GT that came out in uh, actually uh, 1968, and there's there's a connection there as well. Um, as I had heard, the the original connection between uh, the Opel and the Corvette was uh, back when Corey Duntoff and uh, everybody was uh, on that, and they were working on the project that it was codenamed Opel inside the GM. Uh, group and uh, I was happened to have my Opal GT at a show one time and had a little explanation about how that story had been uh, that fact that the Corvettes were you know calling it Project Opal and uh, a gentleman that had a Corvette at the show was just you know excited about the link there because he went back and showed me that uh, his personalized tag was uh, PRJ Opal. Uh, as far as his tag on his Corvette. So he thought that that was uh, a pretty exciting connection. But uh, the other connection that uh, I've talked about several times, a lot of people used to call the Opel GT the minivan. Yeah. And uh, I want to say uh, back in, I want to say either 65 or 66, when uh, the Stingray was being uh, you know planned and the next generation of Corvette was coming out, it's my understanding that, uh, they were over in Europe, and uh, the Opel GT was unveiled as a um, uh, you know possible you know project that Opel was going to do, and that uh, at that time GM had also uh, got a partial ownership in Opel, and uh, they saw with the folks over at Opel that come with, and uh, actually hired one of the design members to bring the uh, fellow over to Europe, uh, from Europe to America to help him with the uh, Stingray, and that's kind of where the fenders, the kind of curved fenders uh, of the Stingray came from, was it was based on the curved fender of the Opel GT. Even though the um, Corvette came out first due to a strike in Germany. Oh, I'll be darned. Did y'all have, have that as part of the history there? I had heard that, and I, I I do know that you know the GT and the Corvette do and the Stingray do have a little bit of a they do favor each other definitely. So I, that makes a lot of sense, and that's where they came up with that design element. And of course, it was off of a Mako Shark too. I remember that one, the Shark, and then a Stingray, and of course the original one was the Stingray. And now they are Stingray too, as well. 
All right, great call. Thank you, Henri. Appreciate it. Sure thing, and look forward to working with y'all again on other events. Oh, good deal. All right, yeah. You know, the scary thing about when they were naming the car, they got it down to two names, Yeah. and they sent a guy into a room and told him to come back with one name and pick that car, and he came back with Corvette. The other name was Corvair. The Corvair. I'll be darned. Of course, that was Ralph Nader's favorite car, the one unsafe at any speed, which I did have a friend in high school had one of those, and it, it was pretty slippery in the rear end. It would slide all over the place. Yeah, you think about where the Corvette could have turned, you know, where they could have taken it. Um, I remember... You know, of course, its big competitor at the time was the Thunderbird, the classic two-seat Thunderbird, and then they turned the Thunderbird into a, a family car uh, down the road on that. But the Corvette has always remained front-engine, rear-wheel drive. Um, but there's talk about making a mid-engine Corvette right now, too. That's going to be weird. It is. The, the, the press is talking about it's really going to happen this time. Yeah. But I've heard that before right. <laughs> for various generations. And there there are actually mid-engine Corvettes displayed in the museum in Bowling Green uh, where uh, they tried to do it and they went forward with it. And then uh, it's going to cost too much. Right. The interesting thing about the Corvette is it's it's got the power of anything on the road. Uh, the current Z06 is just crazy fast and powerful. But it, it costs half as much as uh, or 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 less than a Ferrari or a uh, Audi, any of those uh, high performance European cars, and you could still afford an oil change on it, right? Right, which is still maintainable. Because I've got I had a friend at a Ferrari, and it was like every time you got the oil change on it, it was like as much as I paid for my first car. Yeah. A friend of mine has a Ferrari, and when it needs an oil change, the truck comes and they take it to Atlanta. Wow. <laughs> so you can't just drive to the local shop and or right. do it in your backyard on that. The, the course coming up is the show. I know y'all are excited about that. Talk a little bit about the show, what you can do at the show. And, but, I mean, talk about your relationship, too, with the, with the Diabetes Foundation of Mississippi, because that's really turned into a special relationship. Well, let's, let's talk about Diabetes Foundation first. Sure. Uh, as you know, you're on the board. Yeah, uh, the the uh, diabetes is a terrible disease in Mississippi. A lot of people have it. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were looking for uh, a new charity. Yeah, and we talked to people at the Diabetes Foundation and said, "No, we we want to uh, give this money to you, but we want you to participate in it. Are you willing to do that?" And they said, "Oh yeah, we'll uh, we'll help you." And uh, so we decided we were going to go forward with them. And, and broke it to the membership at a meeting one night. I said, okay, now, uh, everybody that's either got diabetes, has a family member or a close friend that has diabetes, raise your hand. And everybody at the meeting raised their hand. That's, that's how prevalent the disease is. So uh, we're proud to do our little part to uh, raise some money for them through this show. And we have a good time doing okay. the show. And, and the diabetes people have a, a, a good time at our show. They'll be there. Definitely. We're, we'll talk a little bit more about the show in just a second. We're going to take another break. But we're talking about classic cars today, Corvettes in particular. Do you own a classic car? What kind? I'd like to hear a little bit about your story, about why you decided to get one. That'd be great. You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, we're talking a little bit about classic cars today. If you like classic cars, well, I know I love classic cars. You can give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And we're joined today with Freddie Jones and Thomas Garrity, the president and vice president of the Mississippi Corvette Club. They've got a show coming up. And I tell you what, um, I'm looking forward to it. It's at the Jackson Convention Complex. It's, of course, the Mississippi Corvette Club will be there. How many cars will we all have on display? Uh North of 100. North of We've 100. We've had as many as 130. Probably starting with 1954 on to the present day. Exactly. All seven generations. You know, we were talking a little bit during the break. And if you think about it, Corvette is a great, uh, almost a, a barometer of the times of when they were built. Like, for instance, uh, the 60s, you know, you you had all this, the Jan and Dean songs and all the, the you know, the horsepower wars and all that. And then you had the 70s and you had the emissions <laughs> And, you know, 55 miles an hour. And, you know, the cars, the, some of the, the the engines themselves, you know, the, they had all the re- emissions, restrictions and everything else. And the horsepower waned a little bit. But now we're kind of back into the horsepower wars again. So it's just kind of fascinating. You can almost get a history lesson by walking through the show. Oh, a certain other manufacturer is selling a car that has right at a thousand horsepower. Out of the, a thousand horsepower. Out of the showroom. That sounds like a rocket hor- uh, a rocket engine almost. It, it just goes straight. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, purpose drag racer. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about the Corvette. Corvette handles as well as it goes fast. I mean, it's uh, over a G. If you turn it in a circle, you can go over a G. So it'll, it'll it'll stay on the road real well. Talk about some of the other things you can do at the at the show. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, we'll have a silent auction there. Uh-huh. Uh, also, this year, for the first time, uh, we're going to have one of the Outlaw Series cars there, the Predator, uh-huh. which is, uh, you might say, it's a Corvette, but it's not really. Right. It appears to be one, but... They've rebuilt it. They've rebuilt it all the way. Uh, we'll have the National Corvette Museum there. Really? Okay. Uh, we will have uh, Rogers Dab Chevrolet there with their booth I'll show you how to do online ordering. Yeah. Along with Corvette racing gear. And we'll have a number of vendors there, uh, some of which are directly related to cars, some of which are not. Uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts will be there with their trailer yeah. and their f- freebies to hand mm-hmm. out. That's uh, just a, so a, it's fun a great time. So it's a great day. It really it's a great is. Family it's inside, day. so it's air conditioned, and that's a good thing, too. How much is it? How much is it to cost to get in? We asked five dollar donation per person above the age of twelve. Twelve. Okay. Well, that's pretty. And that pretty goes fair. directly to the Diabetes Foundation. And to the convention complex's credit, they also donate some space for you too. Yes, so they're they good do. people. Yeah. Good on that. Talk about. I mean, y'all. Are, you've you've got two. You've got one. I've got one. Yeah. So. um what what do your spouses say when you walk up to them and say, I really would like another Corvette? Uh, my spouse says, uh, I, I told her that 
uh, a couple of years ago, I thought I needed a classic to go along with it. Yeah. She said, I got a better idea. I said, just keep this one another 25 years and you'll be there. <laughs> so, and, and so you still have one. So I still have one. Very good. Well, I just want to thank you all for coming in today and talking about Corvettes. Because, I mean, in a way for me, it's kind of cool, too, because, I mean, I love love the cars and it's a, a big connection to my dad, too. So thank you all so much. Right, look thank forward you. to seeing you there. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have a good time. All right, another show's in the can. Thank you very much, Sharita, for producing this wonderful show. Appreciate it. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. Now you're talking as a production of MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a good week. We will see you next Monday.